few months in the business, completely failing. I'm sitting at this up desk, which you sit next to the secretary and wait for ad calls. So I'd sit there all day, every day, dude, just praying someone would call. Nobody ever called. Yeah. I was just, you know, I was just sitting there like, what am I doing with my life? Like in high school, they didn't There's tell no me. phones. You're they, not playing on your like, phone or anything. I was like, in high school, they never said being an adult is so miserable. I was like, is this my life? Like no phones, nothing to do, like six hours. And I was 20 years old. I'm was like, this dude. at your brokerage? Or like Yeah, at Coldwell Banker office in Fullerton, California. So one day the assistant, the secretary's name is Carol. I look over, I'm like, Carol. She's like, yeah, she loved me. I was like, I was a kid. Yeah. You know, we were fun. I'd hang yeah. out. I was like, I'm done. I'm quitting real estate. I'm out of here. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. It was a, it was a Saturday and, uh, or Sunday, one of the two. So I go home 20 minutes later. This is a true story. I quit real estate. I gave up on the business. And I, I was sitting in the desk. Like, I, you make decisions in life. And I remember yeah. going back and forth. I had a moment. I was like, you know what? This is the decision. I'm done. Drive home, get home, change, <clears throat> sit on the couch, start watching the show. I get a call from Carol. She's like, well, this guy and his wife just came in. They want to go see a house. I was like, dude, you've got, you've got to be kidding me. So long story short, I was like, fine, I'm going to go show this stupid house. That night, I ended up writing an offer on a listing and listing their house. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning in to the CG TV podcast with the biggest savages in Costa Mesa, Newport, and Orange County. You want a house? They're going to sell it. You want a, you want a house? House? They're going to sell it to you. The CG TV podcast on this day. He goes, he's like 15 minutes, 1100 calories. I'm thinking you're only supposed to have like two or 2,500 calories a day. How the fuck did you burn? Yeah. You know, he's like, oh no, it's just electro system and stuff. And I'm like, so next day he's like, he can't walk like bad. The, dude, no, no. I'm, that happened to me. The Bro. exact same fucking thing. Oh, I couldn't no, walk no, for no, two no, weeks. No. Wait until I tell you what happened. Whoa. Then he starts peeing blood. Okay. That didn't happen. Yeah. Then he starts like his whole body starts shutting down. <clears throat> he How's goes yours? to the. I can hear now. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> we're good. He goes to the hospital. He caught, what's it called? Um, what's the overexertion thing? Oh, uh, rhabdo. He got rhabdo. He spent 10 days in the ICU. He almost died because so he did this because they burned over, did his like muscles. Yeah. Listen to this. He can't work out still. Every time he works out for like five or ten minutes, his body dude, starts to go back. Dude, I'm telling you right now, that shit is so dangerous, bro. I, I did it with a friend of mine, Lightning Fit, right? Yeah, here. Lightning Fit. Dude, I did it. David Betty did. I, I did it, and I, and I had an injury already in my arm. And yeah. then, uh, I'm not kidding, for for two like two full weeks, I couldn't walk like I, at all. It was yeah. it was the most painful experience of my life. So, like you know when you haven't worked out for a while and you go work back, and yeah. the next day you can't like extend yeah. your arm. Yeah. Imagine your every square inch of your body is sore. Yeah. I'll never do it again. Yeah. It was awful. How much does it cost? I have no idea. They're like, yeah, David. You know how much it costs? No, I don't know. But it's this dumbest thing ever. Hey, you should come work out so that you can't walk for well, two Well, I don't weeks. think they're going to be open very long because I well, think dude, he's a friend of Well, dude, a friend of mine, Lauren, she she goes there all the time, dude, and she's ripped. So, oh, yeah, he can, probably, he can definitely get Dude, he can't. Like, we're he, not live yet, are we? Are we live? Oh, we're recording? Uh, oh, yeah, right. but we we'll can cut work. it. We can cut yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. We'll just talk. Uh, here's the deal. Like, he had Anthony at American Gym. You know the boxing guy? Yeah. You know Anthony? Yeah, yeah. He comes over. He can only box for like five minutes, and then his body starts to like show those signs, and he's like, oh, I can't keep going. Jeez. Like, he's fucked. Well, yeah. it's, the ki- it's the kidneys that have to recover because yeah. they can't process the amount of muscle that's been broken down. Damn, that's wild, man. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So you work out, you do it the normal old school way. Yeah, well, 100%. you know, like, so Tarek, 
uh, is always goes like super, super in, mm-hmm. or he like doesn't do it. I'm like, uh, that's that's my life though, dude. Yeah. I'm like an all inner, right? I'm like, okay, I'm like Mr. Fitness, perfect calories, working out nine times a day, <clears throat> or I'm not doing anything at all. So that's the problem with me. Like, I can't half ass shit. So I'm either all in and yeah. I look like a workout, or I'm all out. So clearly, right now, I'm all out. <laughs> so in a few months, I'll be back in. We had, um, we used the same trainer once. <laughs> what was his name? Jesse. No. Oh, gosh. No. Uh, Quentin. Quentin. <clears throat> and like, I was working out with Quentin. I don't remember if I was working out with Mike and Quentin or just Quentin. Yeah. And Tarek hires Quentin. And then, like, I think you paid him up front or something like that. Dude, he ripped me off for like $13,000. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? He had some sob story about how he needed some surgery. Yeah. And, he was and then gonna, he bought a Mercedes. And he was going to die. Oh, dude, and his Mercedes. I paid four grand to get it out of the tow yard. Dude, he took so advantage uh. of me so bad. He got kicked out by his girlfriend. He moved into my house and even asked me, dude. I like it. My beach house paid like 15 grand a month for rent. I got this, my trainer living there downstairs eating my food. I'm like, dude, you can't live here, bro. I'm a dad and I got kids. No, he was, he was he, Portuguese. No, no, I'm, like not, I'm not kidding. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I had a talk with him, dude. And I was like, I come home. I'm like, dude, you're like, you're eating my kids cereal. I was like, you're eating my kids cereal, eating underwear, sitting on my couch, bro. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so it's my, legit. But my point was, Tark, like one month looked like, yeah, it looks okay. The next month he like did a photo shoot. And he had like clovers in his arms. Yeah, like they did hard. You think hard. I do bicep curls? I never seen anyone do bicep curls like Tark. Yeah, that's that's one thing I do got the, the, the working out. But that's like we said earlier, it's all in or nothing. <laughs> yeah. So what are you gonna do? You gonna start up again? Mm, I do. I, starting up next week, full full training regimen. So I got that toenail. It's like a, a magnetic electro weightlifting system. It's really cool. It's digital. Puts you through workouts. Doesn't take up any space. So I'm trying that next week. And then uh, you know those dumbbells, the power blocks where they like there's two single dumbbells, but they go up to 90 pounds. Yeah. No, I got those. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't go up to 90 pounds, but like, they, yeah, yeah, they might just, go up to 50, and I dead, never pass dead, the 30. Deadlift for that, <laughs> do like a kettlebell swing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then I throw it out the window back to me. <laughs> oh, I've almost done that with the kettlebells. Do you have a gym in your garage? Uh, at my house now? No, yeah. I don't. So, well, actually, no, I got a rowing machine in there, but we're we're actually moving again. We're, again, nobody knows it, so once the world finds out, it's gonna be yeah. viral. But we're moving this weekend, so we kind of accidentally sold the house almost, but we ended up selling the house <laughs> in Costa Mesa for nine hundred bucks a foot. It's pretty so good. I'm like, yeah, it's time to get out of here. Yeah. So I'm re- renting a house down on the peninsula. I'm gonna wait about a year, year and a half, and then I'm gonna come in and buy something today. That's. Seven million for four million. So okay, let's <laughs> talk. That's my plan. Let's talk about that because I was going to ask you about the market where you think yeah, it's going. So you're selling right now. Yep. You're going to wait a year. Why are you going to wait a year? Well, as the supply increases and the demand decreases, what happens to our pricing? They go down. So what does that mean for a buyer? Cheaper. Cheaper. So what does that mean for an investor? A lot more money. So I'm looking forward to what's <clears throat> to come. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, there's good and bad with everything. Like, I'm yeah. looking forward to the opportunity. And at the same time, it's not the best thing in the world because it's going to affect a lot of people in a negative way. But, you know, if you look at the math here, like, you know, I was on CNBC last week. You watched the interview? No. All right. So I don't even have cable. Yeah, we'll, so, link, no. we'll link it. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. So the newscaster, I'm on CNBC live interview, and he yeah. goes, like, he tried to trick me. It's kind of funny. He goes, so how do you feel about taking advantage of these sellers in this market? I'm like, oh, that's a tough question. He's trying to get me. Um, And I just reminded him the reality of the situation. Well, if they sell today, they're going to be selling for the highest price in the history of American real estate, one. (laughs) And two, they're going to be getting more money than if they sold two years ago. So I still think the sellers are in pretty good shape. Yeah. What do you think about, this is one thing that I've been, it's been coming up a lot with, recession talk and like 2008 oh, talk and some people say, oh i'm waiting for i'm waiting for it to crash <clears throat> and what i what yeah, i have been, a lot of buyers saying that. yeah what yeah. i've been telling people mm-hmm. is i'm like in 2008 people 
had no choice but to like let their house go or get it taken away from them because they they couldn't afford it. People are selling their house currently because they bought it for a lot less than what they can sell it for right now. And that's why a lot of people have been selling. It's not like they had to get rid of their home. Yeah, but that's why things are changing. So like, right. Uh, it's so right, right now, so I remember it was, it was July of 2006, California real estate market, Orange County, California. Inventory spiked 84%, those July of 2006. I was a young kid. I was like 25, 26 year old. I told everyone I knew like this, this shit's coming, man. I'm, I was watching inventory spike across the board. I would watch. Uh, so when it started off, when we were in a healthy market, you'd have maybe one home for sale, two homes in escrow, right? So supply is lower than demand. And then I, what I do is I track the analytics of the real estate market. So every single day I run counties, I run cities, I run different areas and I check inventory. So one day it's like, you know, one out of two homes are selling, then it was one out of five homes are selling, then it went one out of 10 homes are selling. And then once I saw one out of 20 homes selling, that tells me that we are head for a down cycle because it's supply and, de supply and demand. If there's, or no, I'm sorry, if, if, there's, if there's 20 homes for sale, right guys? Right. I mean, we're on real estate and there's one home selling. What happens to the other 19 houses? Like how, how do they compete? Price drop, drop. Price. So right. Yeah. So the next guy, the, the, next, the next down. guy, the next guy drops his price. It's like a buyer. It's like a buyer <laughs> negotiating up, a seller negotiating down, trying to be the first one to sell. See, and when the market's going down, a seller's kind of like a buyer, right? So they're negotiating against other sellers, dropping their price to compete against other sellers. Just like a buyer increases their offer when the market's going up. So a lot of a lot of interesting shit's going to come in. Everybody keeps saying, you know. You know, the market's going to be fine after the quarantine, but let's be real for a second. Like, all these people aren't putting their houses on the market right now, and all these people aren't buying. So what's going to happen when the quarantines lift, right? You have all these different people, these canceled listings, these expired listings, all these people that want to sell. They're going to flood the market. So we're going to have an excess of supply, especially in the Orange County market, in my opinion. So once we get that, you know, the excess of supply, it's just going to cause the prices to drop. And here's another interesting thing that's going on right now, because I just sold my house and I'm renting and I'm looking up to like $30,000 a month in Newport Beach, Corona Del Mar. How'd you right? sell it? Did you do it off market? Uh, no, I listed it for one day, got two offers, negotiated the deal. It was a home run. It was, huh. I, I did a good job on it. We didn't see that hit. No, it went up for one day, took it down, two offers, sold it 100 grand above list. Um, it's a nice house. It's it's a great house. And those those on that street, I'm not going to say the street, but on that street, those lots, there's yeah. like six or eight yeah, of them. They're, they're, they're big. They're nice. Yeah, like yeah. you no. did, you did the smart thing. Obviously, you're a flipper. You did white black farmhouse, like what everyone wants, and you see all these people building this house. Like, what the fuck are you oh, doing? Oh, it drives me crazy, man. Like, I drive out all the time. I'm watching these people build these houses. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, what are you doing? But I was onto something a second ago. What were we talking about? The supply I, and I had demand. a point. Oh, we're talking about the, the, the upper end. So here's another thing to consider. So I'm looking at places for lease up to 30 grand a month, typically in that, that lease point, like you don't, there's not much competition, right? So when I was looking on the market the last few months, like everything was on the market for 150 days, 200 days, 250 days. All of a sudden, the last two weeks, every property I've been trying to lease that's been on the market 200 days, they have two applications. <laughs> so now the high-end rental market, Coastal here in Orange County is on fire. I just lost out on three houses for rent above 20,000 a month. Think about that. It's a ton of money. So it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, when the people with the people with money are pulling out and not buying. So I, I, I called first American, which is obviously the biggest title company. And cause all you've got all these realtors, no offense, Tim Smith and all these guys, but they're all like, Oh, it's great. Everything's great. And you're watching their Instagrams and stuff. And it's like, look at this transactional volume. So I called them I'm like, what's actually going on? Our guys over there. Yeah, of course. And they're like, they told me the reduction rate in, uh, you know, transfer titles and then i looked at like how many houses are 
you're talking about it's going to flood. It's already more houses are coming on than deals that are being done right now. And it hasn't even it hasn't started. started. Yep. And it like hasn't were, even. That's what I tell you. <clears throat> dude, I talk about this shit all day. It's like, listen, stop living in denial. That's the problem with people. They live in denial and they can't face reality. Like, right. shit, life's not fair. Shit happens. I'm okay. Coronavirus is here. What do we do? Stop praying to the crystal ball and start taking action. Like, yeah. people need to start getting ready. They got to get their finances in order. They got to get their housing in order. They got to figure out how they're going to make it through this recession. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where we're at. So, I mean, I mean, obviously we talk to people all day, every day, and a lot of people are just delusional right now because they don't, they don't see what's coming. And this is what I say all the time. It's like, listen, with or without coronavirus, we've been at a 10 year real estate cycle, 10 years, a full decade of appreciation with real estate. So you're telling me we have another 10 year cycle. I don't think so. So coronavirus just putting gas on the fire. It's just, it's just, it's just making everything move faster. Yeah. For yeah. investors and flippers, though, if they do have the money, you see a lot of opportunity coming. I'm, I'm doing great <clears> right <throat> now. I mean, I'm working really hard. I'm changing systems. I'm hiring staff. I'm, I'm doing a lot of different things, and we're killing it right now, but we're adapting. We're changing the business model on a daily basis. How does this, or the COVID, obviously, affect? Um, you just did uh, a new speaking series or something like that, right? Uh, which one? You did... Um, what was, was that? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, the dude, same well, one that he did. Dude, yeah, no, I, I launched um, uh, my my house flipping course called Homemade Investor, and uh, we were a live event company with global brand. We were we hit it hard. We were throwing events all over all across the country, and we were we were killing it, man. And then two weeks in, the coronavirus came out and it completely shut it down. But here's the coolest <clears throat> thing I'm working on right now. So at the same time that I was working on Homemade Investor. Well, which is the live event model where we're training and coaching and teaching people, I decided to take it digital, right? So it's never been done before um, for me. So I just finished filming my house flipping digital course. You can watch it online from the comfort of your home. And guess what it's called? What? Homeschooled. Oh, I like uh, that. It's called Homeschooled. And here's the best That's thing great, about it. Who came it. up with that name? I, we, uh, me and Josh did. <clears throat> so we called it Homeschooled. Good job, Josh. We, yeah, exactly. We called, it, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, we called it Homeschooled before quarantine. So it's the perfect branding, bro. Everybody yeah. is homeschooling no, their kids. My real estate course is called Homeschooled. So we launched next week. And dude, I, I think it's going to kill it. And you know, there are so many different ways to flip houses. And this course is my favorite ways. Like Tariq El Musa's top favorite ways to flip houses. And I, I, it's a real deal, dude. Like, I spent so many hours filming this course. It was a nightmare. It was like pulling teeth, sitting in a chair. You know me, dude. Yeah, you hate that shit. But yeah, I hate that shit. But I, I, I pulled it off. And, it took and me it, months to get yeah, you in this yeah. chair. <laughs> it's, it's a good course, though. So that, that's launching next week, man. And I'm just on a mission to help as many people as I can around the world learn how to, you know, learn how to flip houses. So is that kind of like a master class? Or like, can you compare it to like, if you've seen the master class stuff that they're doing like 3,000 yeah, yeah, hours yeah, yeah, yeah. Is stuff it like, like that? that? No, so the homeschooled <clears throat> is a digital course, right? So <clears throat> it's a house flipping program you go online and it's how to find how to fix how to sell it's literally a to z how to flip houses by Tariq el musa and on top of that we're building subscription sites right now so people are going to be able to join the sites and get you know house flipping tips and information and and and, and things like that dude it's going to be the biggest house flipping program the world's ever seen oh, like, i love that like that's it we're going to teach people how to flip houses how to buy and hold houses how to do commercial real estate how to leverage properties how to do construction how to do design so it's going to be kick-ass that's great yeah. can you give us some tidbits yeah of course what do you need like uh i mean i think like we were talking blake and i were talking about this the other day like everyone first of all we were talking about this which is even before that like you started flipping houses before it was cool to flip houses yeah i'm the one who made it cool yeah, to flip that's, houses that's what, are you what, talking that's about? what i'm saying like that's what you, he said like and blake's like well didn't used to like when i was younger it wasn't like 
a luxurious thing to flip houses. It was like, who the fuck does that? And then you launched the flipper flop. And then all of a sudden everybody wanted to flip houses. All these housewives or people are like, no, let's just go flip houses. It's it's pretty crazy how, you know, my, my TV show kind of inspired a large portion of the world because it's true. You know, there's a lot of people out there that never thought (laughs) real estate and now they're in real estate because of it. Yeah. So how how did you get involved? Like where, where'd you get your, like, where'd you get your start? Like, why did you start doing real estate? Kind of like talk about like leading up to the show. Oh, yeah, man. So where did I get my start? So I grew up in Buena Park, California. Both my parents were immigrants, moved to this country. We didn't have a lot of money. We were in my families were hustlers and grinders. My parents worked their asses off. And where were they from? Uh, my dad is from Egypt. My mom was from Belgium. Wow. Mom's a school teacher. Dad's an engineer. And, um, you know, just out of high school, I didn't grow up with much money. I didn't grow up in the best area and had a very interesting life until I was about 18, 19, got in a lot of trouble. And <clears throat> once uh, I hit about 20 years old, I, I knew how to do something with my life, and I was selling Cutco kitchen knives at the time. And I was going to school, and I was totally I broke. I could totally see you selling. Dude, I, I, I sold. I sold so, <laughs> I'm not kidding, bro. I sold so many knives. I sold like two hundred thousand dollars. I believe kitchen it. Knives. I think like that. You probably could have been like a cut coat. Like you, I was, you I was should not, have been an owner. I was. Like, no, I was number sixteen in the nation. I believe it. I I'm surprised you're not number six. It's very wild. Buddies, uh, hey man, ask your mom if we'll buy so some. So dude, knives. no, no. I'm serious. Like I, I was. I was nineteen years old, twenty years old, and I would close appointments to meet with me. My average sale price was like five hundred bucks. <laughs> and I'd make two hundred fifty dollar commission. Wow. And I was like nineteen years old, so I was killing it. And then back then we didn't have all the technology, so I lost my <laughs> sales book. So I used to carry a sales book. You know me. I'm disorganized. I'm yeah. ADD. Lost my sales book. So I'm standing at a Washington Mutual Bank, Cerritos, California in 2003. And I'm like, shit, what do I do, man? I literally put myself out of business. And I'm looking at my account. And I look up to the right and there's this crooked sign. It says, wise old owl, real estate school. True story. I look at the sign and I look at my account. And I was, then I was looking at the sign. And I was like, well, shit, man, if I could sell kitchen knives, I could sell these houses. I pulled my money out, walked over, and I got into real estate. That's how I got into real estate. And I was interesting, man. So, like, I was young, hungry, motivated, driven. I had everything needed to be successful. And I, f- I found myself failing. The first six months in the business, I made $0. Were you only doing, like, residential? Only re- like, I mean, re- like, resale? I was 20 years old. 20. I was a baby. I was wearing, like, you know, JC Penny slacks with white socks with my dad's yeah. shoes. Like, 20. Yeah. You know? Door knocking. <laughs> like, door, like, everything. No, no, I wasn't door knocking. Door knocking. Uh, I was doing the old school real estate. <laughs> I was doing up desk where... Before you were even in real estate, there was no internet and all that, all those internet leads. We like, like people like would call out call. of the books and the magazine. So yeah. I used to sit at this up desk. And, um, you know, I'll tell you guys the whole story because people don't know the real, real entire, entire story. That's what so, I love. Yeah, check it out. So my first few months in the business, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm there and I'm failing, dude. I am failing. Oh. And um, where was I? Was few, first few months and I was failing, failing, failing. No, because before I hit it big, what did I hit? And you're cold calling when you're failing. No, not yet. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. So this is 20 years old. So a few months in the business, completely failing. I'm sitting at this up desk, which you sit next to the secretary and wait for ad calls. So I'd sit there all day, every day, dude, just praying someone would call. Nobody ever called. Yeah. I was just, you know, I was just sitting there like, what am I doing with my life? Like in high school, they didn't <laughs> tell no me. no phones. You're they, not playing on your like, phone or anything. I was like, in high school, they never said being an adult is so miserable. I was like, is this my life? Like no phones, nothing to do, like six hours. And I was 20 years old. I'm was like, this dude. at your brokerage? Or like, Yeah, at Coldwell Banker office in Fullerton, California. So one day the assistant, the secretary's name is Carol. I look over, I'm like, Carol. She's like, yeah, she loved me. I was like, I was a kid. Yeah. You know, we were fun. I'd hang yeah. out. I was like, yeah. I'm done. I'm quitting real estate. I'm out of here. She's like, you serious? I'm like, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. It was a, it was a Saturday and, uh, or Sunday, one of the two. So I go home 20 minutes later. This is a true story. I quit real estate. I gave up on the business. And I, I was sitting in the desk. Like, I, you make decisions in life. And I remember yeah. going back and forth. I had a moment. I was like, you know what? This is the decision. I'm done. Drive home, get home, change, <clears throat> sit on the couch, start watching the show. 
I get a call from Carol. She's like, well, this guy and his wife just came in. They want to go see a house. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. I just like quit real estate. I drove home. I'm like, I, I'm not, I, I like, I'm done. And I was like, shit, you, I know. I was like, dude, you've got, you've got to be kidding me. So long story short, I was like, fine, I'm gonna go show this stupid house. That night I ended up writing an offer on a listing and listing their house. So I went to look at the house that they wanted to buy. It was in Yorba Linda, California. It was listed by Remax Excellence by a guy named John Batson. So I look online, 20 year old kid, and you know, back then it was all fax machines and I'm going to fax the offer and in the market was crazy hot, crazier than you've ever seen even, like crazy hot. Like crazier than 2017. Way, way crazier. This like, is, whoa. This way is crazier. Dude, in 17, no offense to my friends, there was morons selling houses. Dude, like dude. I know guys that were selling like 10 houses, you're like, you can't even write your name, you know? Yeah, what yeah, I mean? no, it, it, it was cra it was crazy. What year is this? This this what uh what what part of the story was you're, that? You're 20, 20 years old. You wrote the offer. Yeah. Oh, so I wrote the offer. I was 20 years old. It was 2003. So I look and I'm like, okay, I need to get this deal through because like I had no money. Like you guys got to remember, broke kid, never had a sale, so I'm still living off like pizza delivery money, yeah. like like no money, Cutco right? money. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Seriously. Are you at your house? And um, yeah, no, like, and, like your uh, parents' house. It gets it, actually it gets better. I was living with a girl at the time, and it wasn't going very well. Of course you are. So I know I, I, I know <laughs> it wasn't going. Very I had no well. I, actually. It's an even better story. I had to move from the place I was at by the beach because the landlord came in. He bought the building. He told me to leave. I wouldn't leave, and he demoed the place that I lived while I lived there. I sued him, by the way, and I won. That's a whole other story. Okay, I'm losing so I'm losing track. Where did I leave off? So you you, uh, oh, the you wrote the offer, the you deal. faxed I, it. I wrote the offer, and no, I was about to fax it. I was like, forget it, I'm not faxing it. So I drove <clears> to the building, and I go to the front desk. I'm like, I'm looking for this John Batson guy, and this, the girl looks at me like I'm crazy. She's like, well, John Batson guy? I was like, yeah, he has this listing. Well, he owns the company. I was like, oh, he owns the company. So apparently he was a big deal, and I was like, well, I need to talk to him. He's like, do you have an appointment? No, they're like, who are you? I'm like, a real estate agent. So they don't want to give me the meeting. I just showed up at his office and I just kept begging. So they're like, fine, John will see me. John will see you. So I walk into his big fancy office. I'm a 20 year old kid. He looks at me sitting across the table. I'm like, I have an offer on your house. He pulls out like 20 offers on his house. He starts going through them, price, price, over asking, over asking. And he's just like punking me. Sounds and I'm like, like dick. I'm like, God, this guy's not very nice. He's like punking me, dude. It's your first deal. And, and at the end, he puts down the last offer. He's like, so here's what we're going to do I'm going to take your offer. Um, you're going to move your license over today and you're going to start working with me tomorrow. So clearly I stood up and I shook his hand <laughs> and I made a $33,000 commission, right? Yeah. Then I thought I was rich. Then I get, then I fell into the real estate trap, $33,000 commission, right? No, no. I was 19 years. I was 20 years old at this yeah. point. 33,000, 30 something thousand dollar commission. Went out and bought a Cadillac Escalade. Thought I was a big boss baller guy. Yeah. How much was the house? Um, it was a seven, I think it was 765 purchase and a 420 list. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a pretty good. That's deal. about right. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Was this six percent days? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I thought I was going to do it over and over again, but here's what I realized: I didn't do anything to earn that business. You see what I'm saying? It was pure luck. If you're sitting there waiting for someone to call you, that is luck. So then I went broke because I didn't get any more luck. And then finally I go to a Mike Ferry seminar in Buena Park, California, dude. Again, I'm broke, like completely broke. You're looking I bought for the help. car. I can't put gas in the car, dude. And at the time I broke up with my girlfriend. So I had to move back to my mom's house. My parents just got divorced. She needed money. She rented out my bedroom and I had nowhere to go. So I'm like, shit, the garage. So I moved into my mom's garage. And when I say garage, it's like, imagine your parents' house garage, just move, taking a rolling bed into the middle of the garage. Yeah, we talked about one of our video guys maybe living in my garage. So I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> and then I went to this Mike Ferry seminar and then he talked about expired listings. And, 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 and listening to him talk that day, I never knew what expired listings were. I never knew anything about them. I left, I left that first seminar within 90 days. 
I worked my ass off, and in 90 days, I made $120,000 in commissions right around my 21st birthday. So in this business, you can make life-changing money really fast. I went from making $0 a month to $40,000 a month almost overnight. Literally overnight, my life changed in a day. I got that first listing appointment, and I never looked back. And that's how I got into the real estate game. Wow. Yeah. So on these expired, were you calling them or door knocking? Calling them. I was a phone machine. People don't get it. Like I talk to people, they don't know what sales is. Like when I talk about sales, I, I, I made 500, 600 phone calls a day. I knocked on hundreds of doors. I, I was on the phone taking calls, calling people at least six to 10 hours a day. There was times I had two headsets dialing six numbers at a time. What were the things you were using back then? Like, uh, how'd you get the numbers? Was there like dialers? Oh, it was just so before it was like the old school way. You just hand dial. That's how I started for years. And then I started using the the dialer system. I used a system called Mojo and then I import the data with another uh, program called Red X. I think Red X expired. We use all those. But anyway, I used to, I used to kill it with them last week. You know, what's funny. So last week I was, I was just messing around, (laughs) testing out some things at my office. And I made a sales call just for fun and I ended up uh, getting a listing appointment on an expired listing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pretty funny. So let me ask you this. Like, I've done the expired thing. Yeah. Right? Do you, like, how do you see success in that then? Is it different now? Because it's now. Not, it's not different at all. Here's the thing with expired listings. The biggest, the biggest thing that salespeople <clears throat> don't understand is, one, you got to get a shit ton of notes. Yeah. You can kill, we can kill expired. I'd kill expired listings in this market. If I wasn't as busy as I am. I would own this market with expired listings. Every single market that came off would be mine. So tell, Every us, single house. tell us how you do that. Yeah. Well, to, to be, <laughs> well to, okay. Hey, are we taking notes back here? Well, I mean, we got all our guys I, taking I mean, notes. I mean, okay, let, 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 let. <laughs> okay, so. I'll slip you the money later. <laughs> oh, for, the, for the expired listings? No, for like the coaching on how to sell these expired. Well, here's, here's, the th- here's the truth. You're never <clears throat> going to convince someone to do something they don't want to do. So what happens is real estate <clears throat> agents, they get someone on the phone. They say, ah, we're not selling the house. You're an idiot. Blah, blah, and they get hung up five times in a row and they're like, it's impossible. Well, it's impossible if you only try to talk to five people. Right. I would call from Rivers. I would call Riverside County, San Bernardino County, Orange County, and LA County. I was going on listing appointments on my motorcycle, going on one and one and a half hour rides. I was taking listing appointments in Simi Valley, working in Brea. Like that's how big my market share was. And with expired listings, you know, it, it, it is it is what it is. You know, you ha- you have a motivated, you have a seller that was trying to sell the house, and it's really finding their desire, finding their motivation. What stopped the home from selling? And it's just closing for the appointment. Like so many times, people they they just and they get so many calls with the expired listings. It's like, well, what do you think stopped the home from selling? Well, they're like, well, the the, the agent. Well, how did you happen to pick the last agent you did you worked with? They're like, oh, well, it was a referral, whatever. And then you ask questions like, what did that agent do that you like best? And then they tell you. So guess what? When you land that listing appointment, you ask qualifying questions. Well, now you know what the agent did that they liked. You also ask the people, what are you looking for in the next agent? So you know what to do, right? So it's just feeding questions. And, and the biggest thing is, what is the, what's the most, the biggest thing, first thing they say when you call them? Hey, what's up, Cedric? This is Tarek. I'm a real estate agent. Notice your property came off the market. Call to see when you plan on interviewing a new agent. We're not selling. We're not selling. We're not oh, interested. That's so bad, man. Well, let me ask you a real, question, uh, real quick question, Cedric. Other than the house not selling, what changed your mind about moving? Oh, that's a fantastic, fantastic open-ended question. question. Well, answer the question. <clears throat> what changed your mind about uh, moving other than the home not selling? Uh, home, that's their only thing, usually. Oh, or just what, we, we, our, our agent told us we had to lower the price. We don't want yeah, to lower yeah. the price. Or, you know, oh, we, well, uh, well, we're in a different financial situation. Let's, let's do this real quick. Yeah. No, no. Why did your agent say you had to lower the price? Oh, they just said we, the reason that it wasn't selling was because uh, people are t- saying it's overpriced. Oh, it's overpriced. That's, that's interesting. Okay, how did you happen to pick that agent? Oh, I, it was a Redfin agent and uh, is one percent listing uh, commission. So and that's all we could afford. Great. Okay. And and once you get this home sold, where are you moving next? Uh, we don't know. 
Prescott, Arizona. Prescott, Arizona. That's exciting, man. I love Arizona. How soon are we planning on being there? As soon as we can sell our house. All right. So when do you plan on interviewing the next agent for the job of selling your home? Uh, we're going to take a couple months off. All right. So how soon did you want to be in Arizona? Soon. <laughs> so what? So it's pretty good. Yeah. So it's anyway, good. it's just so it's, it's that's the thing. It's yeah. just phone sales. Like, yeah. I can close you all day, every yeah. day. Like you yeah. can't get off the phone with me. It's like, oh, we're we're uh, we're gonna interview. We're we're hiring our best friend. Great. Are you trying to do your friend a favor? Or are you trying to get more money for your family? <laughs> right. Like, what's the most important thing for you? So let me ask you this: that model is not something that you do anymore for a living. Correct. Right. Why is that? I couldn't make enough money selling real estate, no matter how big I got. That's the truth. And do you think that that had anything to do with the model that you were utilizing? Or do you think that that is just that's no, just in general. I mean, yeah. I've, I've created a global brand. You know, I go on TV and I hit every country around right. the world and yeah. I have 30, 40 million. Your time started more to be, valuable. Yeah. Right, right. It's, 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 all, it's all about the conversion rate. rate it's all about, yeah, it's all yeah. about so opportunity we, cost. So if we take your if we take that, say we take that out of the picture and it's just we're not necessarily comparing it to what you built because not everyone, no one has built what you've built. You're, you're you. So why do you think, cause, and we have this conversation all the time. We had this conversation yesterday while I was cleaning out my garage. We were talking about the fact that and you, you brought up that you were, you were driving an hour and a half to go take listing appointments, whatever. We don't want to do that. No, hell no. And no one really wants to do that. It was more of a necessity. Like you were trying to build yeah. something and, and that's great. And you were young and hungry and everything like that. Um, what do you say to the people that are like, oh, no, I only want to take listings in Newport and Costa Mesa and Corona Del Mar, maybe, maybe Laguna. I mean, that, that's a different, that's a completely different business model. So right. my business model was in and out. Wham, bam, thank you, man. Bam, 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 bam. It doesn't yeah. matter where it So is. now you're talking about creating a brand. So back <laughs> right. then I knew nothing about creating a brand. Today right. I've created a brand, Tarek El Musa. Like I actually got my name in my show. Like that is a brand. Yeah. So as a real estate agent, you got to create a brand in your local market. And it's the way I tell that the way I talk about business is one step at a time. Tiny little wins equals success. Every single day, add one new person to your contact sheet. Every single day, add one new person to your farm. Every single day, talk to one new person. And what happens over time, that builds and builds and builds. The problem is people think like the ultimate goal is so far away, but they don't realize you have to build. You can't build a house, you can't build a house without the foundation, right? You can't have a foundation without the ground. Yeah. You can't have framing without foundation. So it's just about chipping away. And everybody wants everything now, now, now. And it's all about being patient and persistent. That's it. So if you were going to build, let's take this further. You don't know what I'm doing right now. Do you know what I'm building right now? I can't wait to hear it. All right. So I released a few <laughs> weeks ago. So I, dude, I know real estate coaching training. That's my shit. Yeah. I love coaching people. It's my favorite thing yeah. in the world. Like that's my passion. Love coaching and training. So are you familiar with eXp Realty? Yeah. Okay. eXp Realty. It's a business model where I can grow an organization or a team as big as I want around the country or the globe. And every single person that does a transaction under me, under my umbrella, I get a small piece of it. So I've launched, I've, I'm launching a EXP a real estate team across the country. We launched last week. We have over 100 agents signing up already. And I believe within the next 24 months, we'll have thousands of agents on the real estate team. That's cool. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a monster team. And, and every single agent on my team, I'm personally going to do webinars. I'm going to do scripts with them. I'm going to do live training with them. I'm going to teach them about real estate investing. I'm going to teach them how to get rental property. So what I'm doing is I'm giving real estate agents everything it takes to be a successful real estate agent and investor if they join my team. So it's, it's going to be pretty big. You know, I, I want to I ask you a question. We talked about your workout regimen when we started. And I'm going to go on a little tangent. 
you just talked about how the 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 key to sales is just one contact a day, one step at a time. But you are the kind of guy, and you said that you you were like, I'm gonna work out for three months, all in, crazy, or I'm not. <laughs> yeah, sounds like those are two different sides of a coin, and it sounds like. If you were to apply that sales thing to the workout thing. Oh, I'd be ripped. <laughs> I would be ripped. But let me just be real here. I can only be so committed to so many things. It's like that's dis- real, discipline though. is hard. Listen, if I was ripped, no offense, my bank account would look a lot different. We talk about it all the time. The amount of time, effort, and energy it takes to look like you are a trainer, that oh is a full-time job. Full-time job. And I can't afford to look like that. People ask me, I just can't afford to look like that. Dude, I call it the big three. It's like family fitness and business yeah you cannot you cannot excel in all three of those at the same time i mean it's tough you i mean i don't know a single person the rock makes it look like he does it (laughs) yeah well that's interesting because like he just posted something yesterday about him singing the uh maui song for moana or whatever you know and he's singing it with his daughter and he the daughter makes him sing it she has no idea he's maui like he sings it to her in the Moana like Disney yeah. movie, and like the guy's like with his family, he's acting. It's a WWE store. His yeah. body looks Everything. phenomenal, but we don't know, you know, we don't know like what's behind closed doors. But that guy looks like he's got the triple threat, and so does the guy, um, uh, the one guy who's like um, French Polynesian or something. Uh, he did like Aquaman or something like that. He did um, oh see the what's it jason Mo- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that in, guy uh, kind of looks like that too yeah yeah that guy kind of looks like that that's a good show that's but good for show. me personally i've never been able to succeed all three at once me neither it, like, it's, it's very tough like when i go all in in fitness it's like usually my business starts to go uh, something something always suffers and that's the truth like it's fun. right now like all the gyms are closed and i've been working out like my business are just on fire dude because i'm just so focused on business my life is so different right now because i'm not traveling before i was traveling every week flying to different states and speaking and events traveling around the world like and i haven't traveled in months so i've been locked up at home or in my office right. and, the, and the amount of business and work I, i've gotten done is it's phenomenal like i have so much stuff coming out it's amazing that's great yeah i'm gonna learn about flipping let me ask you this. <laughs> yeah, you should. We, it's a we, good course. <laughs> we see. I'm not kidding. <laughs> we see all the time. We have uh, like right now. There's a couple of places that one of our clients want. They're, they're interested in. They've been on the market for 150 plus days, and they're both flips, and they're both flipped by people that are not flippers. Oh, that's the for worst. a for a profession. They they're flippers because like they flippers. watched your show. Yeah, <laughs> those are tough. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do you think are the biggest errors? Some of the glaring like big things in those situations that people make. And w- which situation? When say they buy a house for seven hundred thousand and they probably bought it off the MLS, which is probably their first mistake, and then just in my opinion, and then they have had it on the market for over one hundred fifty days because they listed it for a million ninety five after buying it for seven hundred and it's less than eleven hundred square feet and it's on a corner, which is a busy. Sounds area. like you're talking about a particular house. Very much. <laughs> so. it, it, it sounds like they better get their shit together. They're going to lose a lot of money. Right. right? That's so, what it sounds but like. what do you think is like? I mean, I I think we know the answer. But like, well, I'm interested to hear like, what do you think those big things are? And maybe we don't. Maybe you have something that we don't see. Well, what do you mean by big things? Like, so did they pay too much? Did oh, they, when they're in a, okay, that's well, just the well, big the likely like, things that happen. Yeah. One, they probably paid too much. Two, they probably went over budget. But in the situation you're talking about right now, they're just being greedy. It's an overpriced listing, so they need to be realistic. With they should take their the market, twenty grand. Take whatever. No, to take their twenty grand, take their ten grand, take their ten grand loss and move forward. Yeah. Because they don't realize ninety days from now, one hundred twenty days from now, it could be a hundred thousand dollar loss. We don't know. 
It's it's definitely not going the other way. I think people, people are delusional. I still <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have people arguing with me today. It's like, oh, the market's gonna be on fire next month. I'm like, what are you talking about? Have you not seen the news? Have you not turned uh, turn on a computer? Like, huh? We're seeing the indicators. I was telling Blake like the oil thing that happened a couple days ago. Crazy. That's an indicator of what's coming. Dude. And you see all the indicators: Southwest earnings, all Delta earnings, five hundred thirty-four million dollar losses in a six weeks. Like you're seeing the indicators of in ninety days, guys. We can't throw the money back in the economy. You're gonna see it. Yeah, you're gonna see it. And let's just be real. Like the the coronavirus came out, the stock market tanked, like terrible news, and all of a sudden everybody's screaming, "It's rallying! Yeah. It's on fire! It's coming back!" And then I'm like, "Well, did have you guys checked the earnings? Because there aren't any because they're closed. So wait till the earnings come out." I, I need to buy a, a Mac right now because my wife took mine. Thanks a lot. And I, you can't buy a Mac. Like you have to order it, and it comes in ten days. Like the fact, like I'm not buying one because I don't want to wait ten days. Like just, I have the money to buy a Mac. Just this that's what it's doing. And right. that's affecting the economy. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Everything. Do you think people don't realize <clears throat> how 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 much real estate fuels the economy? If you think about all the way all the way down to the manufacturing companies that manufacture the tires for the trucks to go on moving and construction vehicles. Like think about how many people are affected by this, right? So all the way down to the companies that build the trucks to move supplies, right? If there's no supplies to move, there's no trucks. If there's no trucks, there's no employees, right? So, like, millions of people are affected. Yeah, to the gas that fuels those trucks. I mean, it just never to ends. To the guy that works at the gas station that washes the toilets. Like, yep. you see, it's like every everybody. single person's in, uh, affected. And this is a situation where it's everybody. And the people that are affected most are, like, the real big, big businesses because the <laughs> overhead. So, a lot of times, when we're in these situations, it's the small guys getting hurt. But, I mean, it's everybody getting hurt right now. But the big company, they have huge overhead and they don't have any income so no. it is really scary right now no and they've got huge leases they've got huge mortgages overhead and they don't usually have a ton of money in the bank either you know huh? like when they do get that money they take it out for yeah. themselves or they reinvest it as they're growing uh, i want to ask you something i've been thinking about this over the last couple of weeks everyone seemed in the last like four or five years to hop into the airbnb airbnb oh, business yeah. Imagine if you had like six Airbnbs right now. Oh, people, people. Everywhere. Those are going to hit the market, guys. Like there's no way. Listen, there's no way you could hold that. They're all going to hit the market. And, and you're <clears throat> talking about this Airbnb boom is like one of the, again, one of the biggest niches in real estate today. People own dozens of Airbnbs. Like they are all screwed. And all the illegal people out there that are renting from homeowners and then illegally Airbnb, <clears throat> all those people are going to be affected too. Like the shit's coming, man. It's going to get ugly. I like. I'm just. I'm just sitting on the sidelines. I'm just watching. Yeah. You know, there were so many people in 2006, 2007. I fired 11 sellers in two in uh, December of 2000 uh, or no uh, fourth quarter of 2006. I fired 11 sellers. Because they didn't want to drop their prices. And they told me I didn't know what I was talking about. And the prices were going to go up in 2007. <laughs> Subprime market crashed March of 07. And I sold my last house December of 06. Like real estate, is, it's, it's, the signs are there. It's yeah. a supply and demand market, right? That's all it is. Yeah. Supply and demand. If your supply is going up and your demand is going low, prices are going to Welcome to Friends of the Show. Friends of the Show. Friends of the Show. Friends of the Monthly Show. Hey, my name is Keith Flores, owner of Smart Choice Heating and Air, and also HVAC God. If you want to understand how to build a social media empire, check me out on CGTV Podcast. 
Hey guys, if you know anyone that's thinking of buying or selling a home and they need a good real estate agent, send them our way. We'd love to help them out. Now back to the show. So we're a small group in Newport, Costa Mesa. There's three of us and um, we're doing a lot of media stuff like this podcast for local community and people in the local community. Like you like stalking me, dragging me out of bed to come here. And do you know, what's really exactly. funny. You think like the people that are your friends and you know, it would be easiest to get on. They're the hardest ones to get on. Like I, we called like, I don't remember who we called, like we called like hotcakes. They're like on the next day. Tark took me two months. That's okay. <laughs> you saved the, the we're best here for now. Yeah. We're here now. So here's my thing. We're local. We're hyper local. Um, we're trying to build a brand. We're trying to build a brand like you're talking about. I've done the whole, you know, I did the whole Sotheby's thing and then I'm sitting there going, like I start over every year. You do like, too many different things. I know. So I'll get there. Right? Well, I'll coach you. So <laughs> what, what you need to say? If you're you building if you're building this brand around media and blah blah blah, and you just talked about cold calling and whatever, and you know that this is coming, what would you do if you were us? If I were you guys? Yeah. And we do about two or three deals a month right now. I, I would I would I would sharpen up your sales skills. When I say there's a different type of selling in a down economy, you need to know how to close people. You need to know exactly what to say to put them in a corner to get the answer you want. And I don't know if you run your business like that. I do. You got to learn to ask closing questions. It's like because they're going to say we're going to wait, we're going to wait for this, we're going to wait for that, we're going to see what happens. It's like, well, you're seeing what happens. The inventory is going to be increasing. There's a chance you lose $20,000 or $200,000. Like if, if, you're a, if, you, if, you know, if you're trying, if you're a surfer, right, you're on a wave. Are you trying to be in front of the wave or behind the wave? And it's the same thing with real estate, right? As the inventory climbs, the wave is getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. And then it starts curling. The top of the wave starts curling before it crashes. We are curling right now. That's where we're at right now. But I think I, I got off topic and I, I forgot the question. Where we had, Cedric? No, no the, I, I like No, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, liked, I liked the analogy of the surfer. I don't know a lot of surfers work that hard. But I love the analogy of getting in front of the wave. And I think a lot of us, when things start going well, we, we start to not focus on the fundamentals anymore, right? Your skills, they get duller as you're selling a lot. You're like, well, I don't need to work on that. But like, if you talk to the really successful people, they spend time almost every day, like when they wake up or whatever it is, like, I'm just going to go over my scripts. It's like, no, you know those scripts you, you, by heart, but you should keep going you, you, over you them. Sh- you, know? you sharpen your skills every day. And I'm a big believer in practicing. And everybody sucks at the beginning. And everybody's so scared yeah. to start. Yeah, of course, I sounded like an idiot. I looked like an idiot. I didn't know what to say, no. but I said it. When do you plan on moving, sir? Like reading a script. <laughs> Hi, my name is Tarek from Remax. Like, yeah. that's how I started. The thing that you're so good about, dude, that you can't, it's hard to teach, is passion. And you can you can have uh, lapses in your sales pitch. You can have lapses in your fundamentals. If your passion is so strong, like it draws people, right? They're like, well, this guy's like, he's ready to because, jump off a because, cliff because here's he how believes you, in what he's saying. Here's how you become passionate. You believe <clears throat> the shit you preach. So when I'm telling a seller, this is the best price or best offer you're going to get, I believe it. Well, because, that's what I was going to ask Because I you. know it. That's, yeah. that's it. So I'm passionate about it because it's the truth. And, and when I'm out there doing business, I'm honestly trying to help people. Like that is my goal. And, and, and you just, then that's why I'm passionate. Like that's just when you said, so, and that's what I was going to ask you is you were saying, you, you have to ask closing questions. You got to get them in a corner, this and that. A lot of people associate the negative parts right. of that with realtors and they go, Oh, you're just a manipulator. Right. But what you just said not, is not, you believe what you're saying. I, so no, don't put them in a negative corner. Right. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, what you're I'm trying saying, to help. You, you're trying to, you're trying to sell them to seeing the truth. Right. Yeah. You are trying to convince the seller to see the truth. Like that's your job. Yeah. Because there's sellers today that are probably telling you, Oh, the market is going to be fine. The prices are going to go up. 
No, yeah. not going to happen. Well, we so, had this happen. We had this happen with a, with a, with one of our listings where we were we 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 aren't usually as aggressive as we were. I was very aggressive. And, Do you and remember s- that phone conversation? Just walk. Well, me. I was <laughs> I was on the phone with Cedric, and we were talking. I was out of town. Of course, this all happens when you leave town. And uh, I go, hey man, like w- we got to figure out a way to like help them see what we know because they're they're going to get hurt big yeah. time. It, it, they and I even said I go and I go they might they might die. Like th- this might this might this whole thing might like really be like their their downfall because they're older people and they they wanted to move and this and that and it's like we have to help we got to be the whole retirement this is the it. whole and house here's another thing people don't realize I'm, and so sick and tired of hearing this shit about our commission it's like we, we don't get commission just commission for just selling houses <laughs> we are real estate advisors people that listen to me will either make hundreds of thousands of dollars or lose hundreds of thousands of dollars they have a choice to make yeah well the funny part about it is on this particular house how many open houses did you do for them fifty. A lot. Like it's just so interesting. More to than me. Let me let me ask you a question. So what do you? So I mean, so you go to the seller and say, Mister Seller, what do you? Why do you think your home hasn't sold? Mm-hmm. We've had fifty open houses. We've had two hundred people through. Why do you? What do you think stopped them from selling? Well, they. I think they knew, and we had that conversation. They just didn't want to accept that they were going to make less money than they had in their mind from the get go. They just couldn't come to grips with like. That's just such a low amount. They had a retirement like, number in their mind, right? It's like anything else. Oh yeah, oh, you yeah. know. And and they they're like obviously their house is better than everyone. Yeah, everyone so, thinks so on that. a client with that. Yeah. I take the <clears throat> listing within three weeks. I go for price reduction, and I have a meeting like you did. If they don't drop their price, I fire them. That's yeah. it. Like, yeah. That's it. Well, that's why they, we only have so much time to run business. So you two, I don't know how much time these clients are taking, but if they're taking too much of your time, it's taking it's an away. Escrow. It's yeah. Oh, it's an escrow. There you go. Okay, but what <laughs> last I'm day, is, <laughs> last day of the contract within three hours. Okay, perfect. So you, <laughs> so you made it. But see that that's. But what we I'm had saying. to basically fire them. So we got an offer the day before the last day and they're like, we're not responding. We'll just put our house back on the market. I called them. I begged them. I'm like, not even for me. I'm like, listen, this is your retirement. You want to move to Arizona. All your cash is in this house. You ain't putting this back on in the summer. You're going to, it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands if you do that. And you might not ever sell it in general. Like this is an interesting street, like your house. It's a huge lot, but like there's only one and a half bathrooms. Like you're going to be, you might die in this house. You know what I mean? And they were like, no. And I'm like, I believe this so bad. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my commission. Yep. I said that to him. I was like, I don't care. Like, I believe, I like you guys. I think this is it. This is the best offer you ever. And it's a landscape architect company. They want to use all the land to like showcase this. It's a one in a million. Yeah. Take the deal. We ended up putting the deal together. They let us keep our commission. But like, it was like, it, See, was, that's, it was. That's the thing. You <clears throat> sold them into saving hundreds of thousands of dollars. People don't million, literally millions. millions. <laughs> so it was a big deal. Millions. Yeah. They bought this house for eighty one thousand dollars in nineteen seventy six. Damn, what did you sell it for? One five or something That's like that. Crazy. But like they they it was paid off. Yeah. And that was their whole he was in the military. He yeah. wasn't like a wealthy guy yeah, yeah. and so now he's see, a millionaire. See, see, yeah, <laughs> see that's that's the thing, man. Like we are real estate advisors. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And like you saying that, it, it's true because it goes even further than the finances. The, it, it's it's an emotional thing, right? They even told us, they said, Hey, we're hey guys, we're scared. You know, they're older. It's coronavirus. They're, they're quarantined. You know, they have different whatever uh, ailments that they deal with. It's like, we're scared. And we said, and even Cedric said, and, <laughs> and he goes, thank you for saying that. It really helps us understand where you guys are at. Because it was a, it was a moment of like, oh, they're not. It's, this isn't about price. It's not about their home. They're scared. 
Yeah. You know, they don't and and that's fear is driving a lot of what's going on so right most now. Most people, they don't even they can't fathom a million dollars. Like they can't even imagine a million dollars, right? So it's overwhelming for people. Yep. Yep. So, so let's I, go back. I got a go couple back? questions. Oh, you go. Before we go back, because I want to know from what happened after the 120,000 yeah, yeah, to yeah. this global <laughs> brand. Yeah. Well, I actually I want to tell a story leading into that. So when I met I think I met Tark from Jason, right? Uh, yeah. And then I think I introduced you to Robert and you guys became great friends. And yeah. that's really cute. Uh, um, Robert has a different story though. No, no. Robert always goes <laughs> like, Oh, Cedric, I introduced you to, but I'm like, nobody went up to Huntington beach, Robert, without <laughs> like bringing nobody. The hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Nobody goes to Huntington no, beach. So listen to this. Any, <laughs> anyone who's semi successful, they ain't going up there. Oh, I so, didn't say that you dick. So listen, so we started doing a tennis, like a weekly tennis thing. Is a different story. Oh, I saw, I saw that. Yeah. With like Robert, Jason, and my other buddy who owns a restaurant or something, and he like got this membership at a country club in Huntington Beach, granted. And he was like, he's making us drive up there and stuff. He's like, what guys? I got this whole thing. And we're like, we'd rather just play at the public courts in Newport. <laughs> yeah, it's closer to home. But anyway, so um, I'd met Tarek. I didn't really realize I wasn't like a big HD guy, HTTV guy, whatever. And uh, I didn't realize how big this brand was. And I had already known him. I think we like we did like a little bit of a makeover and we made you suits and stuff. Right. Yeah. And uh, a very difficult client. And um, <laughs> but usually the successful good ones are they like know what they want. Uh, we went to the Floyd Mayweather uh, McGregor fight. Yeah. Right. And it was you, Robert, Mike Shapiro uh, and myself. Yeah, and I think we had a f camera guy or some. Robert was doing the camera. Yeah, thing yeah. Robert brought a camera guy, yeah. not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert wanted to be famous <laughs> or so, our YouTube star. Everybody wants to be famous. He wanted to be a YouTube star. <laughs> He's and gonna kill you when he listens. Yeah, to this. and uh, <laughs> we went there, and like I never realized, and like this is your uh, thirty seconds of praise for me. Uh, I didn't realize how like big a deal it was, the flip or flop thing, and uh, like I want to say, you know, we took. You took, we didn't take any, you took a couple hundred photos with like random people yeah, and like whatever. And I'm sitting there going, and I like grew up around that stuff. And I was like, holy shit. Like I've been thinking Tarek's just like this guy on some <laughs> like F list show, you know, like my other buddy, Jason. And, uh, and Cedric automatically thinks that about most people until yeah. he's convinced otherwise. Yeah, like yeah, John yeah. Travolta could be like, Hey, I'm John Travolta. And he'd be like, eh, whatever. And they'd be like, Oh, John. <laughs> yeah. and, that then, guy. <laughs> and then I realized I'm like, Oh my God, this guy does have a, you know, cause Vegas is kind of global or at least national, you know, it's not like there's yeah. people from all over. And I remember sitting there thinking like, wow, this guy's got something. And at the time, like you were transitioning. And with it's business. been two years. My brand has probably doubled since then. And I've uh, worked well, my well what I was off. thinking at the time, I was like, I wonder what he's going to do next. And then I keep like seeing all these tidbits about things coming out and stuff. And that's why one of the reasons I wanted you on so bad is because I wanted to be like, oh, what's going on now? You've got like a full in-house media team. Dude, I have a production. I've got a full house. I got a full <laughs> production company now. Yeah. So I have production company now. I have the homeschooled house flipping courses coming out. I have homemade investor, which is a house flipping life seminar brand. Targ buys houses is still my buying my investment company uh, launching TEM investments. Hopefully in 2021, we're going to be raising capital and acquiring commercial assets. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. So a, lo a lot of good stuff we're working yeah. on. And on top of that, just just coming out with different products and just, again, grinding it away, man. I, I, I don't know, man. I just love my new show, dude. It is so much fun to film. Did you see it last so, night? So here's the Did deal. Did you see it last night? It is a dude. Last night's episode was sick. It I don't have good. cable, but listen, was my that a, buddy like Legacy. No, it was the sixth, sixth episode in, yeah. My oh. buddy Legacy 
is on your new show. Was on your new show. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell me about that. Tell me about that. How that happened? Like, how'd you get this idea for the show? Like, I want to go back to like after you talk about that about flipping because like. It's a difference. Here's, here's when, the deal. Here's the deal. My whole <coughs> life, I've been an underdog. Every yeah. I've, I've had to fight and scrap for everything I yeah. have. Um, and when I went through, you know, flip or flop, I went through the cancers, and I was real sick for years. I was shit on TV. I was tired. I was sick. I was motivated, and it showed. And you know, the world kind of gave up on me. Um, and I was and I was in a really bad spot for a long time. And um, you know, I, I fought. I fought my way back. And my, my ex, they had she had landed her own solo show, and then. I went to the network. I'm like, give me something. And, and to be honest, they kind of kind of counted me out. They thought I was kind of done with. Uh, but they didn't know the fight I had in me, right? So yeah. obviously I proved the fight I have because my show is killing it. So I convinced Plug. them to give me a shot. That's it. I convinced them to give me a shot. I said, listen, I, to- I, I told them because they didn't want to give me a shot on a pilot. And I told them I'd fund it. I'd pay for it. Good for you. So I'll, pay for, I'll put my money where my mouth is. I'll pay for the pilot. And uh, long story short, they ended up, they're like, fine, we'll do it. They did it. And they came back, said, we're going to order six episodes. A few days later, they said eight. Then they said nine. Then they said 11. Then they said 13. Then they said season one's going to be a 14 episode season. Oh, I love that. It's, and it's, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's doing really well right now. It's, it's a hit, man. <clears throat> it's, it's a great show. So how do you get Legacy? How do you pick Legacy? Oh, so that, I mean, that's the production company. They do all the casting and things like that. Randomly picked our friend Legacy. Yeah, it was totally random. Well, I mean, Legacy probably like signed up some yeah, paperwork yeah. to be involved with it. But dude, I just have so many different things going right on right now. So many moving parts that. Well, wait, that is crazy to me that that's random. Yeah, it's like random. that's crazy. He's a hustler, man. Because well, he dude, that guy's a hustler. He's a hustler. Yeah. He's a young hustler. He starts. He's just like he won't give up either, and he dances. He's a good dancer. Yeah, he he did a head spin at the end of the episode yeah. last night. I met Legacy because we were going to do that uh, show, you know, the Sotheby's show, and then you, like, couldn't get out of your thing, and then you could. You were on the show six times and out six times, and then we ended up not doing it because that John McMonagall show screwed everything up for everybody in real estate in Orange County. God, that was awful. Not only the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh by, by the way, by the way, I've, I've been thinking, of, we got to talk to you. I've been thinking about maybe getting into a real estate show. I want a third show. That's what I'm going, that's what I'm gunning for right now. That would be great. I man. would love to do a, uh, a coastal real estate show. That would be that would really be cool. cool. It's on the wish I, list. I think. How would you do it? Good question. I have to figure, figure it out. Because gotta, we've talked a lot about. I got to find time. We've talked. Well, I don't mean that. I mean more of like the premise. Like there's a lot of shows out there selling sunset, you know, things like that. Million dollar listing. Would you do it similar to that or would you want to do it differently from like um, the way that it is portraying real estate and real estate agents? That, you know what? Not that, not that it, anyone's it's, it's, it's different talking, well, or wrong. Okay, let's like, be real. Like, like drama sells, sex sells. Like right, my yeah. girlfriend's show, Selling Sunset. Have you seen it? No. Like sex sells. I like, watch it, all this shit. Dude, her, her production on her show. She's great, it, by the way. Dude, she's rad. And yeah, it looks, like a, it looks like a movie set, bro. Like their quality <clears throat> of production, it looks like a movie. Her show is sexy as hell. They have like, like, dude, I bought her a Ferrari. She's like driving the Ferrari in the show. Like I'm, I wish my show was as cool as her yeah. show. Like her show is sick, dude. It's cool. But your show's different. Your show's more like wholesome. It's like relatable. It's well, yeah. Well, flipping one hundred and one is like I'm like the I'm like the wild card of the network. Kind yeah. of. Not that it's so wild, but yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. flipping one hundred and one is so different <laughs> than any other show they have on the network. Like it's their, what's, it's what's their different? like edgy. Show. It's like edgier, yeah. right? Like which is still not but, but edgy. When I, when, I, when I get no, it's it, you watch last night's episode. It, it's get, we're pushing the envelope. Right, is right. it like less For, scripted than some it's, of them? No, it's I'm, when I'm, it's it's the real me. I would say there's a lot oh, more real Torico Musa and flipper flop. You know, I'm you know. 
it's it's a little bit different than flipping 101. So I think who was Robert on flipping 101 or flip no, or flip flop? Or flop. So I brought Robert in to do uh, an episode <clears throat> last season of flip or flop. Yeah, did that episode tank probably? Yeah, <laughs> it did pretty good. Even his <laughs> damn heated floors. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's re in new house. He's redone his bathroom <laughs> six times. Calls me every time to come yeah. over. I'm like. It looks like a West Elm ad, man. Like, yeah. I don't know, buddy. Sorry. Like, it looks good, but not really. Like, it's a Huntington thing. He's going to kill me when he hears <laughs> yeah, this podcast. He but he then is. I'll apologize. And my mom texted I was telling, my, telling Cedric, my mom texted me yesterday. And she's like, oh, I'm listening to the episode with, with Robert on the mortgage stuff. He's so nice. And then there's Cedric. And I go... <laughs> I said, Fuckers. I said, mom, I said, Cedric buzz Robert's balls because, like... You I have to. Don't, you don't you understand. You, you got, if you know Robert, you got to bust his balls, man. <laughs> I'm a ball buster. Everybody knows that. So hey, enough with the balls, all right? What yeah. do you think? I, got, I got one left. <laughs> True story. <laughs> what do you think about YouTube? Because uh, we've seen a lot of... I've gotten... So a lot of our inspiration, it comes from just what we watch. It's probably most people, right? What you consume, what you listen to, what you're seeing out there. And that's kind of shaping like what you want your brand to be. Yep. And I love some of the new stuff that's coming on YouTube. Like g Easy has a 25-part series called The Process that is like eight-minute episodes. Super low production value. Just very like run and gun. Production quality style. or value? Quality? Production value. What's the difference? Production. Value would be like it's not valuable. Production value. So anyway, it's like it's not like it's not highly produced. Edited, yeah. what, uh, 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 I'm sorry. One more time. Yeah, it's a YouTube series that. Uh, what, what's a YouTube series? Uh, there's this G Easy, the rapper. Okay, okay, got yeah. He did like so. He's done it. Justin Bieber, Kevin Hart. Like it's like a I vlog mean, on YouTube. Kevin Hart has his Netflix thing that's basically like a doc, you know it's a docu <laughs> docu series, um, and I feel like that's a big big sh trend right with like more behind the scenes type stuff, less of like a TV show type production. I feel like that would be a very different thing than that you've, than you have done with the stuff with flipper flop or with flipping one one Like, what do you think about that? Have you thought about YouTube or like, like vlog oh, series me, I, actually, so I as like a third show. Okay, So do, I, I don't know if you guys have go check out my YouTube at star I don't have a big following, but I, I, I produce some of the, the coolest videos, dude, like they're on my YouTube channel right now. Like I don't focus on it. I don't have a following. I did them for fun. I think there's like three professional videos, like one's mm -hmm. in New York and they're, they're really cool. So you, get, you actually check Was that out like, like, vlog, like more vloggy, yeah, like just no, day I, in the I, life. I did, I did vlog. I did, a, I did a vlog of New York city trip with Ryan Serhant. Nice. I did a vlog. Oh, I saw you did that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've done a couple of vlogs. So How I, was that? It, it, it was fun, dude. But see, the thing again, it just comes down to time, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm pulled in so many different directions, and it comes down to a time thing. I'm right. just I'm out of time. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah. How how was that guy? Like, Ronnie was cool. Yeah. You, you can tell he knows his shit. You can tell that me me and him were trying to trying to see who could take over the uh, the camera more. Yeah. And, he uh, looks like he loves the camera. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good though. We we both have like equal A type personality. Yeah. Energy He's and, million dollar listing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the million dollar listings. My favorite's the Frederick guy. Yeah, I just, just, I just, I just politely reminded him that our shows yeah. were on the same night. My ratings were just better. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding, yeah. Ryan. Well, he's he one. He's <laughs> one of like six, and you're one of one. Yeah, the one That's and only. Yeah. So let me ask you this, okay? Because like everyone wants to flip. Let's go back to flipping. Okay. Sure. Now, I, I could be wrong, but it seems like the um, margins either, and you could correct me, are either you can get big money in the high end, high high end, or you go inland. Like inland, inland, like almost, I don't know, 
Riverside or wherever it is. You're buying a situation. You're not buying a house, right? So it all depends on what you pay for the property. There are deals every city, every county across the nation. So the reason I'm asking this is... Like there, it's a lot different if you're in your young 20s and you don't have a family and you want to start flipping houses rather than if you're in your 30s and you're already making quarter million dollars, you're already making half a million dollars, whatever it is. I don't know how, how much people are making. I have no idea. Everyone seems to have a nice car in Newport. Mm. Uh, <laughs> when you're doing that, let's say you're making three, four hundred thousand. Is it if your time's worth X and you want to get into flipping and you drive and buy a $500,000 house and you're going to make 30, 40, 50,000 on that house and that flip, does that make sense? Like, should you be shooting for higher price point things? No, no, of course, because you learn how to do it and then you figure out how to run three or four of those at a time. Now you have four $500,000 houses that are bringing 50 grand each. That's 200,000. So you would recommend people starting on like entry level houses, make the mistakes on those houses or you start on anything you can get your teeth in. That's a good deal. That's it. You, you get it. You start with it and you, you, whatever you can make money on, you do. And how, like in your, in your, uh, in your coaching, are you recommending people find these houses? Well, you better buy the program, huh, Cedric? What's the hint? <laughs> it's very simple. Like, okay, when it comes to any, well, sales in general, like yeah. there's outgoing prospecting <laughs> and there's incoming leads, right? Yeah. So the program goes over all the different ways to do outgoing prospecting. How do you contact homeowners? Who do you contact? What do you say? Why do you say it? When do you say it? So I show people how to generate leads. I show them how to convert leads. I show them how to buy a property, show them how to remodel property. Um, so the homeschool programs kick ass, dude. People are going to love it. Would you agree that uh, my dad flips? My dad was a pharmacist for a lot of years. Now he, he sold his pharmacies and now he's flipping. And um, I, I have these conversations with him and I go, it's the same thing as being a realtor. Do you think that in a lot of ways, and it's, I guess what we're talking about is just sales, but like the, the prospecting, the lead generation, the follow-up, uncovering the, the, list, the off-market, like it's very similar. It's similar, but the best part about it is you're the client. You don't have to deal with all the bullshit, the calls, the headaches. Uh, Where's my flyer? My house isn't selling. What are you? Uh, you're not doing your worst. job. Right. Like all the bullshit. So for me as a real estate investor, I love it because I, I don't have to deal with any of that it's, stuff. That's dude. a great point. It's a, that, like, I think that's a big uh, part of the allure. That, that's why for me, like I, I, I don't... You know, the real estate sales, like today I wouldn't go out there and try to try to do sales, but like that's why like my passion is to coach and train people to sell though. So that's why I'm excited about the EXP thing I'm doing because I'm I'm honestly like my goal is to take like fifty thousand real estate agents and crunch across the country on my team and just teach every single one how to be a badass agent, a badass investor, and just make some real money and really, really like set them up themselves up for the future. Because it's not hard to become wealthy. Like I just wish people would listen to me, right? You have so much time in your life. It's it's just one step at a time. Buy one rental property every two years if you don't have a lot of money start off with a fifty thousand dollar condo in detroit or whatever it doesn't matter Sun City. start acquiring assets i'm serious start acquiring assets whatever you can what do you think holds people back the most that are you said like people think it's so hard to become wealthy do you think it's just their mindset no they just don't they don't take action Oh, it's the mindset too. Like the, the, the reason I'm successful is really simple. Like I, I believe in myself. Like I'm confident in my abilities. I believe I can accomplish anything. I believe anything you can do, I can do. I believe anything you can do, I can do. Like that's how I live. Good Where did you. that come from? You can dress as well as me? I'm way better. <laughs> Have you seen your goddamn shoes? Oh, I got to tell you something funny. Yeah, I'm sure so, you are. So listen, so you, you know how... You stole Andrew, your wife's shoes this and, morning? Andrew and I, uh, you have the same shoes, just shitty right now. Uh, <laughs> Andrew and I wear our jeans really tight, right? Oh my gosh. So listen to this. this. guy. So we're trying to... When Tara came to me, he's still dressed like a Your Belinda guy or whatever. And when we shortened his pants, he calls and goes, guys, 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 there's something wrong, man. 
I'm like, what, what do you, what's wrong? He goes, there's no flood. I'm like, the fuck is this guy talking? He lived on the peninsula. I was like, I live on the peninsula. There's a flood? Like, are we going to be in trouble or something? He goes, no, no, no. I didn't order flood pants. And I go, what does that mean? He's like, my jeans are so high, it looks like they're made for a flood. So when I like walk in the flood, it's not going to yeah, get my, my jeans, jeans wet. Get wet. They're like to and my I'm kneecaps, like, dude. What the Huck, fuck Huckleberry is this guy Finn. talking about? Dude, they were like down to my shins, bro. Like, come on. I was like, where's and, the rest of them? The funny part is, though, as time goes on, he goes, oh, yeah, they work. They fit. They're better. Had to stretch them out. Yeah. Yeah, he did have to stretch them out. I remember going over to your house in like the closet and like there's just clothes everywhere. It's like, hey, you only need to wear like one tenth of like all the shit in here. You just have to wear it right and you have to mix and match it. Yeah, yeah. That's all I well, want to do right now is just buy like just I want to get rid of uh, at some point. Like I just I'm trying to get minimal. Dude, like I just don't I, want I, shit. Everywhere. I just redid my entire wardrobe. All John Barbados. You've like, always been like that. The entire, videos. yeah. But before, I never knew how to like. Like, I dress yeah. myself today, so it's yeah. simple. But Heather dresses you me now, my girlfriend. <laughs> so she has like, she got me chains and like uh, bracelets yeah. and all this. I was like cool on TV now. I'm like, well, it only took me ten years, but I'm finally cool, almost cool. Yeah. <laughs> At least funny. almost look cool. When I met him, it was flannels, 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 flannels. Something simple. If I could dress Some like more this, flannels. So where did the confidence come from? Uh, great question. Um, you know. My, my, my dad, my dad, he loves competing. He loves winning. He loves being the best. And in like my childhood growing up, I spent a lot of time with both my parents. And they both inspired me for different in different ways for different reasons. But my dad was really tough on me, but he always was my biggest cheerleader. He always told me I could be the best at anything I did. He always convinced me to believe in myself. And I'll never forget my first disappointment in, in life when I was five years old. And, you know, I love my dad more than anything. And he was my coach, and he got he was and then he got invited to coach the All Star team for baseball. For or no, for soccer. Oh, for soccer, and um, he didn't let me on the team. Your dad didn't let you on the team. He didn't let me on the team. I was mm. five years old, and he could have let me on the team. And I remember he told me, "I'm not letting you on the teams because you're not good enough. So if you practice, if you work hard, and you improve next year, you can be on the team." And this is T ball. This was five years old playing soccer. I will never. Oh, soccer. I will never forget that. If you work hard. You can come back. So what did I do from that day? I said, so if I put in work, I'll get better and I'll be winning. That's the me- that's the lesson I got at five years old. And then you sold cut cone knives. Then I sold everything. <laughs> as a as dude, we're I saw, all- I, dude, I sold alarm systems out of my truck in Ralph's parking lots, bro. Like I've done everything. Oh, I sold I water. Si- I used to do. I put a I used to got a big sign in the back of my Toyota truck. It's got water water filtration systems. I used to buy them from Amway and try to sell them to people. Like, dude, I, I tried everything, that. bro. I sold T-shirts. I sold kitchen knives. I've sold everything. Like everything. Why did you get a Tesla? Why do I get a Tesla? Oh, so I, so I can work on the road when I when I'm when I'm not in my Sprinter because the cell, the auto drive came. Is that re- the real reason? Yeah, I go to LA, I jump in the carpool, I push a button, I look up, I'm in LA. But I don't drive anymore now because I just got a new Sprinter and I have a full time driver now. So now I have this Tesla, but I love the Tesla. It's like the coolest car in the world. Like love that car. Yeah, and you've had a lot of cars. Yeah, I've had shit. Ton and of that's cars. one of your favorites. Yeah, it's one of my favorites just because the the convenience of it. It's like you walk up and the door opens. Oh, no, that's mic. okay. That was the first time. That was pretty good. That was good. You, you, yeah. you walk up and the door opens. It's like you, you, you put the foot on the gas, the brake, and the door closes, right? Oh, that's it's, cool. just, it's just a fun car. Yeah. Robert, it, Robert's wife has one or something like that, too, right? 
Who cares? What, yeah, ex-wife. What? I can't keep up with that shit, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, man. <laughs> this is, this is let's, let's pick on Robert episode. Let's, do, uh, let's talk about Robert's dating uh, life. <laughs> well, no, no, no. We did a podcast, and he walked in with someone else. I'm like, who the hell is that? And it's like, whatever, Robert. Like, yeah. Robert's Robert. Yeah. So, uh, so you got a Tesla, which is was interesting, because I think you had a Lambo before that, which is a very different thing, a Tesla. Still got it. You still got it. Still got it. And now you do the Sprinter thing. And now you're moving. Cool. What's that? The Sprinter thing's cool. Yeah, I just got. You've always been into that. I I saw someone working in their Sprinter yesterday. I was walking to the beach, and they were like working with sidecar donuts, and they were like on their laptop, the thing open. I was like, that's cool. Dude, if you guys see my new Sprinter, you're gonna shit. It is. It's right. It looks. I built it. So what I did is I went to the builder. We designed it together, and I told them I wanted to be like a jet inside. So it's set up like a jet Mm. with the the barrel walls. Whoa. And you walk to the back, and there's a bathroom in the Sprinter, and then there's a, a door that opens, and you have TVs on the side walls. So it looks like an airplane the way I built it. So when you're on the road, it feels like you're flying. It's really dope. Can you do like, let's say you're going to LA on a show or something. Can you have like on the way up, like that show on? So you like know, you know, when you go meet with people, you want to so smart. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a full mobile office. Dude, I have everything in in the Sprinter. I live in that thing because I I have have a closet. I I do my, my wardrobes in there. I have a microwave in there. I have a toilet in there. Wow. It's, it's pretty cool. You're going to like it. So how do you go from that year where it's like, I just went from being dead broke with an Escalade and now I'm at 120 to growing it into this brand? Like what was next after that? So next after that, so 90 days, $0, 120,000. I was living in my mom's garage. I ended up buying a million dollar house right around my 21st birthday. How? It was 2004. Anybody, <laughs> anybody could get a loan. I just made the money. I, I put like 5% down. I just, I just made my year. Dude, like literally. And, what do you mean I, how? I was doing the hey, math. Hey, I'm like 120 hey, Check this out. Check this out. No, I didn't buy cash, but check this hey, we out. We know. Yeah. Back then, I think it was like 5% down. But And then for like, the, you know, job history, I was new to real estate. So I put like, uh, like they put like catering or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Instead of pizza delivery. Yeah. They said I had Smart. a catering company because yeah. it was stated. I made 20 grand a month delivering pizzas. Yeah, Good for you. Yeah, sure. 20 grand does not equal 120 but all right so anyways so yeah so so i did that and then um of course like my ego is so big i was like in my early 20s cockiest little asshole ever i hate that guy yeah um and and then obviously 2006 7 8 9 came around i lost everything i got humbled i got my ass handed to me i realized i'm no different than anyone i'm no better than anyone um and then i i grinded out 2007 8 9 2010 made the decision to start flipping houses um, and told everybody I knew about it. Why? Why did you make that decision? Cause there was because less I, was, I was still working my ass off. I was door knocking in Corona and Riverside hours every day, sweating my ass off. And then I'd go negotiate with the banks. I'd do all this work for hundreds of hours, dude, and I'd get a $6,000 commission. And then I'd look at the investor buying a house for 200 worth 350. And then I realized this guy just made over a hundred thousand dollars. Didn't do a goddamn thing. And I did all the work and I made five grand. Something's wrong. And that's when I made the decision to switch. Hmm. And what was that first flip like? We should timestamp. That was great. Yeah. That was awesome. Timestamp that. What was the first flip like? And timestamp this. What What time is it? Not time to go. <laughs> 10.42. So I got to film. I got yeah. So give us the this plug. You got five minutes left. Yeah. I'll okay. give you five. <laughs> I'll give you five. That was a question. What was the first flip like? All right. So, the, okay. So like I was pitching everybody. I was like, listen, I, I, I want to flip houses. I showed them my business plan and, and what I did before I started pitching people, I predicted what flips were going to sell for. And as they closed, I was right. I was within 1% of sale prices on everything. So I proved everybody. I knew my shit. I proved that I knew real estate, but nobody wanted to give me money because they like, oh, you're an idiot kid. You don't know what you're doing. You're 28 years old. Like whatever, normal stuff. So I finally found someone because I never quit. Like someone will always say a yes, dude. Like, I don't give a shit. You just have to find them. 
Like I will, I will take a hundred thousand no's until I get a less. Like I will keep going. The difference is other people get seven no's and they stop or one or even one. Like, no, like if you ask the same question a hundred thousand times, you're going to get a yes. Like if you just stand on the street and you ask, you want to sell your house, want to sell your house, want to sell your house, you're going to find somebody like yeah. that's just simple math. But, um, I got off subject. Where was I? Your first flip. Uh, your first oh, first flip. flip. So I, I finally got, who's my business partner today? This guy, Pete, Pete best. Yeah. Great so guy. back then he was like a big baller, dude. He was like uh, 31. He was rich. He was a millionaire. What was he, he was doing? Like, he, had, he owned a mortgage company and I was just uh, a real estate agent Robert, at the office. So he was Robert like a, Jr. Yeah. So he was, he was like a big baller back then, you know? I mean, he still is a great guy. So I pitched him and he's a businessman. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And this was on a Sunday. So by Thursday we went to an auction. I did all the research and I found this property and we ended up bidding. It was a condo in Santa Ana. And the most I could pay for the house was 115,000 because I couldn't pay more than that. So I brought exactly $115,000 in checks. The bidding started 99,000. I was like a thousand over penny over thousand over penny over. So we're going, going, going. And it's down to me and this last guy. It's like 107,000, 108,000, 109,000, 110,000 back and forth. I'm like, shit. He goes 114,000. I'm defeated at this point. I'm like, damn, I lost. I was like 115,000. And then he walks. And right when he walks, I look around, nobody's bidding. I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? I was like, I don't want it. I don't want to take it back. What did I buy? What did I buy? Because I didn't do anything about yeah. it. I didn't, like there could have been like legal involved. There could have been squatters in the house. I knew nothing. Um, but I, I bought that first condo in Santa Ana, California, paid $115,000, and I did everything, everything wrong. So I tried to be the contractor. I tried to be everything. Oh. And I'm terrible with construction. I'm terrible fixing. Anything fixing or construction, I'm terrible. But the thing I did right was I worked my ass off. I got that thing done start to finish, listed in escrow, sold within 60 days, not knowing what I was doing. Because I have video, dude. I was at the house working at like 2 in the morning. Like painting walls and shit, like I I did everything, and that's where I shot the home video. And you know what the you know what the craziest thing about flip or flop is? Do you know that I pitched flip or flop before I ever flipped a house? No. I came up with the idea for flip or flop before I ever flipped a house. It's it's just it's it's wild, dude. It's just just believing in your shit, just believing in what you want. It's just believing that you can accomplish anything. Like it's just just mindset, dude. It's all mindset. Wow. Yeah, it's true. What did you sell it for? Huh? What'd you sell it for? One hundred sixty-nine thousand net commission, thirty-four thousand dollars. So back then, thirty-four thousand dollars after the recession was a ton of money, and and it was interesting. So from there, I pitched. I, I so I, I sent in a home video, try to get the show, and then I get this contract from HGTV after the pilot. They're like, "You're gonna do thirteen episodes in ten months of the show, Flip or Flop," and I came up with the show name. The problem was this: I had only flipped three houses the entire year. Now I had a contract to do thirteen houses in ten months. Yeah. So I was like, well, what are they going to sue me for? I looked yeah. around. I was like, they, they can have it, right? I was yeah. like, everything's yeah. maxed out. I'm upside down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Signing the contract. So long story short, that first year, I learned how to flip houses on TV. Season one of Flip or Flop, I'm actually learning how to flip houses. And what they don't know off camera to find the houses, I was driving overnight every night looking for houses. So I would film during the day. I'd work all day and night while I'm not filming. And then I'd leave my house every night at 10 o'clock until about 4 in the morning. And I would go to all the properties that were coming up for auction the next day because I had to see if anybody lived there. Because if people lived there, I couldn't bid on it because I didn't have the time for eviction. So I would start off wow. in Marietta, Temecula, and I'd work my way through Riverside, Corona, San Bernardino, Monte, Rialto, uh, and then all the Where way Where were you living? And I, was, I was living in Yorba Linda. So I was on the road every night from about 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., and then I'd wake up about 8 a.m., and I'd be at the auction by 9 a.m., and I did this, like, a lot. My ex-wife will even tell you, like, she... 
like she was there for the whole thing. So I built everything, just grinding it out 18 to 20 hours a day. Like that was it. Do you think a lot of people have to make that decision? Like, Hey, like, I mean, I made life changing, like, like I changed my life like overnight. So like I put in more work than anyone put in. So you don't need to be as psychotic as me, like be like 30% as psychotic as me and you'll probably end up a millionaire. Like I'm yeah. serious. Like it's, 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 you know, that's what it is, what it is. You got to be tenacious. You got to go for it. You got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in your shit and you got to want it. Like if I were you, I'd be hunting for this coast right now. I would, if I were you, my plan would be to take over the coast. That's what we were just talking about. So what are you waiting for? Having you on my show. Well, there we go. Closing question for you really quick. Sure. Um, we always, we always, uh, so we're, we've always, we're thinking about how to get more interesting people on the show, right? I mean, that's like, it's, you said it yourself, like sex sells, this sells, drama sells. It's not easy to get people to listen to a podcast as it is, even if you do have really high profile people on it's also very difficult to get high profile people on yeah. without ever having anyone that's a high profile person on. And we've had a couple of people and I think that we both agree that you're probably the highest profile person we've had so far, at least like top in three. real estate for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. just from a brand standpoint, following standpoint, everything like that. And you came on and you're friends with Cedric and it was probably, you were like, Hey, I want to do it. You know, do this for my friend, whatever. It took long enough. For other people like yourself, what what are things that we can do to provide value to get people on our show when we're not paying them to be on the show? What are some of the things that a busy person who lives out of a sprinter van who's has everything you down to the, the minute? Yeah, I have, you, absolutely. They're, they're not they're not ready for them yet. They're not going to come on your show. You're not there. You have to earn it. You have to grind it out. You have to build the show. You have to build the following using the smaller fruits, using the smaller influencers until you build your following and you create value and you show value. So again, it's a process, yep. patience and persistence. I like that answer. That was great. Yeah. It's, it's a great, truth. It's a I, great would, I would never be here if it wasn't for you. Like, there's no way. Yeah. Why would you? I'd be like, are you crazy? Yeah. No. Like, it's true. Like I wouldn't like, opportunity no. to call. like I don't like I, I like my kids are at home right now. Yeah. Like I could be with my kids and I only have so much time. Like yeah. and, and every second of my day is filled like right after you know what I have after this right after this. I got to go to my kids. Then I got to go filming right after filming. I have a podcast right after the podcast. I have a meeting and I'm running until 8 p.m. tonight. So I started from 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 eight o'clock this morning till 8 p.m. tonight. I don't stop. As soon as I leave here, I go to set. As soon as I leave set, I go. And so it's down, 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 down. So you just, the, the way to create value is by building the following. So then, but how do you build a following? So here's something you got to consider. So the guys you need to go after, okay, let's figure this out. The guys you need to go after, the guys that want to be famous, that are dying to be famous, that are designing to be influencers, find the guys with 15,000 on their account, 20,000 on their account. So you build, 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 steal a couple hundred here, a couple hundred here, a couple hundred here, a couple hundred here. So go after the micro influencers, the guys with 25,000 or less. You want to know why? Because they'll appreciate you. They'll, they'll, they'll appreciate this. They're going to promote you. They'll they're, repost it. They're going to repost it. You're going to be a rock star. Yeah. Want to know why? Yeah. Because you're helping them. Yeah. That's what you need. So that's... Change a, your model. Look, 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 look. So, so the smaller guys that are up and coming or are making it, the guys that are in the trenches. I want you to interview a real estate agent that was on five expired listing appointments last week that has a following of 500 but knows his shit. Those are the people you need. Yeah. We've been, we've been transitioning to micro, especially for COVID with like micro businesses and stuff. When we opened this, it was like, how many followers do people have? And then we started shifting to that mindset. We're like, well, we can have all these people all day long that have a lot of followers, Here's, but if they don't give a shit, it's you, not going to do anything. You don't for need us. followers. You need fans. There's <clears> a difference. You need people to love you. So it, like, if you, go to, so if, if you go to a, yeah, it's true. If you go to a micro influencer and he has 20,000 followers and you do this for him and you do some really cool videos so he can post it on his page, 
he's going to appreciate you. He's, he, you would hope so. He's going to, but no, yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's going to say good <laughs> things about you. If you get someone with a million followers that's a big ego, they're never going to talk about you again. They're yep. done. Yeah. Well, agree. If you have anyone that you think would want to be on our show, yeah, I got a guy. But you know, have you interviewed the guy that owns the Twelve Gym, Miguel? Um, Miguel? No, but I would love to. He's a beast. We dude. used to work out dude, there. He's like super jacked. He's like MMA fighter. He owns like twenty gyms. He's in real estate. He's a flipper. He's actually joining my real estate team right now. Wow. He's, he's a Let's gangster. Get him on. His following is like twenty-two thousand. The him content on. he puts out, dude, is insane. Hopefully, That's the guy you need. Hopefully, he's not still hiring Quentin. No, he's out. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's a guy you want to interview no. someone badass. He's, he's badass, dude. He has, Let's he's, do it. Okay, Let's do we'll it. Set, it, set up. it up. I'd love that. I used to love going there. I think I went there with you a couple of times. Never went. I've no, gone no, to the 12. Oh, oh, oh. I went to the 12 once with my wife, and then that was, yeah. it. that was it. Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Was, that was fun. You have a good time? It. I had a Absolutely. great time. I like right, everybody. And, and Robert, when you uh, <laughs> when you listen to this, I want to apologize for uh, Cedric for making fun of Huntington Beach and your and your and your tennis skills and, and uh, so plug everything his else tennis skills are bad. Have you seen it? Have you seen his tennis skills? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, hey, why don't you get some lessons? Like, oh, we'll do it together. I'm like, no, well, no, no. It, it, you. <laughs> as long as they're not as bad as his flying skills, he tell you how many else killed us coming back from Vegas. That's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, talk about where you where where everyone can find you. Sure, everything sure. the the shows what you want to plug. Right, we do have a couple. Do your yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So so right right now, flipping one ones on the air right now every Thursday night on HGTV, nine o'clock, eight o'clock central. Flipping one oh uh, flipper flop season nine is coming out in a few months, so that's coming up. And then the best way to find me, contact me, message me is through Instagram, and my handle is at the real Tarek El Musa. And um, I have homeschooled coming out, learn to flip houses from the comfort of your home. And as soon as the quarantine is lifted, home homemade investors coming back. And uh, again, my other my other mission right now is to build the biggest real estate coaching training group around the country. So a lot of fun things happening. Love it. Thanks, man. Appreciate right, awesome. it. Here's another classic 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you liked it, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And if you want to leave a review, we would really, really appreciate it. You can find us on Instagram at CGRE underscore TV. You can find me at Blake Nelly. Blake and then N-E-L-L-E-E and at Cedric Channels, just like it sounds. Finally, if you see myself or Cedric around town on the peninsula or on 17th Street, please say hi. We'd love to meet you. And if you know anyone that we should have on the show, send them our way. Yeah, bro, Channels crew. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking legend.